0: This is the California Report. Good morning, I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. One of the new coronavirus variants has been identified in California. Governor Gavin Newsom says the cases are both in the Bay Area. We have the first reported cases of South African variants. Two cases have been reported through Stanford, one in Alameda County, and one in Santa Clara County. In total, Newsom says the state has less than 1,500 identified cases of different variants. Still, coronavirus numbers are heading in a good direction for California. The state's positivity rating has dipped to 4.8%. Hospitalizations have declined 34% in the last two weeks. Scientists and health officials fear the variants could be more contagious and less responsive to treatments and more likely to reinfect people who already had the virus. The South African variant was first identified in the United States late last month in South Carolina. According to current state guidelines, some of the last places in the state that will be allowed to reopen as the coronavirus pandemic recedes are performing arts venues. We're talking about places like the San Francisco Opera, San Diego's Old Globe Theater, and the LA Music Center, home to the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion and Walt Disney Concert Hall. The music center's president and CEO is Rachel S. Moore. She argues that arts and culture venues are an important driver of many cities' economies, and with help, they can be reopened earlier. I talked to more about that and the challenges of convincing audiences to come back.
2: I really think that the performing arts can help the eight reopen safely. That we're not the problem, but we can be part of the solutions. You know we, know, we know how to manage people. And that it is really my hope that folks in the performing arts really would like to be part of helping the community reopen safely.
0: And when big performing arts venues like yours do finally start scheduling in-person performances and reopen to some degree for visitors, how do you think that's going to go?
2: Last summer, I think we were all under the impression that things would get better, we'd open the doors and people would come back. And I, what we now know is this is going to be more of an evolution. So what we are doing is Introducing programming on a gradual basis. And specifically for our dance program, we are looking to build a stage on our plaza and bring major dance companies to do, you know, a portion of the companies, not the full 100 dancers, but say 10 to 12, to do shortened programs outside where people will sit in pods, it's all socially distanced, um, because we need to garner the trust. Of our patrons that it's a safe place to come. And I think that it will come back gradually. People will feel confident gradually. But it's going to be uncomfortable for people to be in a space with lots of other people for a while. And we just need to build that into
0: our planning. And can I assume you're hoping that when this pandemic is finally close to over, there's going to be a lot of people out there hungry for new experiences, new cultural experiences, and a lot of them who never would have thought about maybe seeing an opera or a classical music concert might say to themselves, yeah, I'm going to check that out now.
2: Yes, absolutely. You know, we are social creatures, and I think this need to convene is really powerful. So um, I think that if we can engage the hearts and the minds in a way that's safe, I think people are going to come flocking to us.
0: All right. Rachel S. Moore, president and CEO of the Los Angeles Music Center. Thanks so much.
2: Thank you, Saul. I really enjoyed this.
0: Do you love learning
3: about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book.
0: dot kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. A state lawmaker is trying to reconcile the competing values of public and secular university hospitals and Catholic hospitals when the institutions collaborate on patient care. KQED's health correspondent April naboski explains.
4: For years, UC doctors and medical students have provided care at nearby Catholic hospitals as part of their training and as a way of expanding specialty care to more Californians. But UC providers are bound by Catholic Church directives that prohibit them from providing abortions, sterilizations, and gender affirmation surgery inside Catholic hospitals. Senator Scott Wiener says this makes the public university system complicit in discriminating against women and transgender patients.
0: The fact that a UC medical professional would not be able to provide that care, I just think is honestly completely outrageous.
4: Weiner's new bill would require UCs to either renegotiate their contracts with Catholic hospitals to allow UC staff to provide all care or to end those affiliations altogether. Lori Dangberg from the Alliance for Catholic Healthcare says now is the worst time to do that. COVID 19 is placing unprecedented demands on our state's healthcare providers. Any effort to weaken the safety net would only harm the state's most vulnerable patients. Dangberg says pressuring Catholic hospitals to allow abortions within their walls is intolerant and could jeopardize healthcare for tens of thousands of Californians. For the California Report, I'm April Domboski.
0: Another high-ranking California official has been tapped for a powerful job in the Biden administration. KQD's Katie Orr reports.
1: The head of California's Labor and Workforce Development Agency, Julie Sue, has been nominated by President Biden to serve as his deputy secretary of labor. The pick was lauded by Democratic leaders in the state. However, Sue might face some hurdles in her Senate confirmation related to California's Employment Development Department. In her role as the state's labor secretary, Sue oversaw EDD as it struggled to issue unemployment checks during the pandemic and made at least $11 billion in fraudulent payments. Sue has served as Labor Secretary for two years. Her defenders say she inherited an outdated EDD system. For the California Report, I'm Katie Orr in Sacramento.
0: California Senator Dianne Feinstein's approval rating has sunk to the lowest level of her career, according to a new poll out this morning from the Berkeley Institute of Governmental Studies. KQED politics reporter Guy Maserati has more. In her 28 years in the U.S. Senate, Feinstein's approval rating among California voters has always been a net positive. Until now. The IGS poll finds just 35% of voters like the job Feinstein is doing, while 45% do not. And the drop in approval is most pronounced among Feinstein's fellow Democrats. At age 87, Feinstein is the oldest member of the Senate, and she's faced criticism for her shaky performance during recent Supreme Court confirmation hearings. Amid reports of cognitive decline, a plurality of voters agree that she's less effective than in years past. For the California Report, I'm Guy Marzorati. Relief for California renters is on the way, as state officials figure out how to distribute billions of dollars in federal rental aid. But some tenant advocates are concerned the most vulnerable people will be left out, and they're urging cities and counties to do more. KQD's Molly Solomon reports.
3: Since the start of the pandemic, nonprofits in Silicon Valley have helped more than 14,000 local families pay the rent, buy food, and keep the lights on. And a big percentage of those households don't live in places with formal leases or are families that have moved in together to save money on rent.
4: We know in this valley, it's not a secret that there are people who are living in very informal situations.
3: Darcy Green is the executive director of Latinas Contra Cancer, one of about 70 nonprofits in Santa Clara County that has been helping distribute aid directly to people who need it the most, including
4: many who are undocumented. They are renting garages, renting rooms. They are renting from someone else who is renting so that they can all help make the bill.
3: California is rolling out a rental assistance program to help struggling renters and landlords. It will use $2.6 billion in federal relief to help pay off rent debt. But advocates like Green fear that many tenants might not qualify or even know how to apply. That's because the state program relies on landlords to apply.
4: So all of those folks who are living in informal rental situations get left out or may not view this as something for them.
3: So this week, lawmakers in Santa Clara County approved what they're calling a hybrid approach. People with leases and landlords can still go to the state portal to apply for aid. But for people who don't, rent relief will be available through the local nonprofits that have been doing it since the pandemic began. Maya Esparza is on the San Jose City Council.
2: I think we're able to help the most vulnerable people in our city and prevent them from actually becoming homeless.
3: And housing advocates hope cities and counties who have the capacity will follow Santa Clara County's lead. Tommy Newman is the senior director at United Way Greater Los Angeles.
2: There's a lot of concern that the way the state program is designed, uh, we won't be able to reach deep into these overcrowded households and other communities where people are hanging on by their fingertips.
3: Newman says those are the very people who need rental assistance the most. And he wants Los Angeles to have more flexibility to get it to them.
2: I think we're seeing the challenge of bringing equity to all of these programs in the pandemic as being front and center. We're seeing it in who's getting vaccinations first. And yeah, we're seeing it in who's going to benefit from this rental assistance.
3: San Francisco, Alameda County, and other large cities in California are also faced with this choice. For the California Report, I'm Molly Solomon.
0: Later this morning, the California Public Utilities Commission will take up an issue that's critical for people living in wildfire-prone parts of the state. The California Report's Lily Jamali has more.
3: During wildfires, Californians depend on their phones and Internet for crucial information like whether to evacuate. After PG&E shut off electricity to millions in 2019 to prevent its lines from sparking fires, the state started requiring telecom companies to have 72-hour backup power for cell towers. This morning, regulators will vote on whether to require backup for landlines, too. Elizabeth Eccles is the director of the commission's Public Advocates Office.
4: Regardless of which technology you're using, whether you have a cell phone or a landline or both, you need to be able to use it in an emergency. It's literally a matter of life or death.
3: Eccles says people are more reliant on landline phones and internet service now because of the pandemic. For the California Report, I'm Lily Jamali.
0: And let's turn to the world of birds. A bacteria that spreads through bird feeders and bird baths is killing songbirds across California. The California Department of Fish and Wildlife warned this week. Salmonolosis is striking down mostly pine siskins, a kind of finch that's migrated from Canada to find more food. When they get to California, they find bird feeders, and that's where the trouble starts, which is a shame for those of us who've become armchair birders during the pandemic.
2: I wouldn't be surprised if more people are are putting out bird feeders because they're home and actually actually can enjoy the birds.
0: Krista Rogers is a senior environmental scientist with the California Department of Fish and Wildlife. She says salmonella bacteria can live for days or even months, so no amount of cleaning will be able to keep pace with the spread.
2: So when the birds um, poop, so that could be on the ground, that could get onto the, like a perches or platform bird feeders or in a bird bath. And then wherever that is, the next bird that comes along and either takes a drink out of that water or eats seeds that might be contaminated with um, the feces um, can get infected that way.
0: The safest policy is to take down feeders, she says, at least until the birds clear out in the spring. And that is the California Report for Thursday, February 11th. We are a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Saul Gonzalez in Los Angeles. Thanks so much for listening, and have a great day.
2: Support for the California Report comes from Water Heaters Only, specializing in the repair and replacement of water heaters since 1968. Licensed and insured, open 24 hours a day every day. Learn more at waterheatersonly.com. California Healthcare Foundation, ensuring the voices of Californians are heard in California's decisions about health care, on the web at chcf.org voices. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute, working to advance the frontiers of ocean research, sharing the connection between life on land and life at sea with everyone everywhere.